Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 719, recording today on Wednesday the 13th of July. Uh, as you can see, I'm at home today because, uh, as I was saying in the pre-show, which if you're a Patreon supporter, you will get to see. You sometimes get to see it on Twitch as well. Uh, that... Um, it's 30 degrees, basically. That even though the weather's cooled down a little bit because of this, the way the building's designed, it, it retains heat. Uh, there's no way I could do a show, so I'm doing it from here. So we've got a little bit more latency than usual, which might mean there's a little bit of uh, stumbling over each other. But uh, we're going to do our best because we've got a good, good. Uh, uh, panel of guests. Uh, before we get there, though, I want to say thank you very much to our friends at Baby Audio and Isotope for supporting the show. We've got messages from them later on, and, uh, including coupon codes that you can save big on uh, products. Also, want to say uh, this is well, this is a music technology podcast, so we will be talking about all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I want to say thanks very much to uh, Paulie Alex Bow for coming on last week solo. Um, it was one of those perfect storms where where we just kind of everybody was busy uh, and. Uh, they were brilliant. I really enjoyed it, and, and definitely made the way onto the onto the list. I think, and uh, everybody responded well. So thanks again to Paulie for doing that. And do check out uh, their stuff. Uh, I think it's called Vogue Rene, Renegade um, on, on Facebook, if you check the previous stuff. But, yeah, please do check that out. Uh, so we'll say hello to some people. Uh, let's start with, hmm, let's start with, well, hey, let's start with Mark Tinley. Mark Tinley, how are you? We haven't seen you for such a long time. Hello. Um, I'm all right, actually, yeah. I am all right, bizarrely. Good. I am glad to hear it. <laughs> How's the shop um, going? You haven't seen me for such a long time. The shop is closed at the moment um, and has been closed since the end of May, beginning of June, because my wife is ill. So I've been, uh, right. we've been going to Bristol a lot and having some operations, and uh, but... Uh, I've decided that I would rather be at home looking after her than standing in my shop talking to people who don't buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, all our best wishes go to Gina, and thank you very much uh, for coming on, Mark. I know uh, it has been a long time, but it's great to see you. Um, so I, I, I suppose, really, it's, this is just a kind of catch-up. I mean, hopefully, we'll, I should also mention that Rich is playing in Bristol tonight and tomorrow, which is just down the road. I'm going to go tonight uh, and tomorrow. Oh, wow. okay. Hopefully, we're going to we're going to meet for lunch. Um, so whoever's around, um, we could do that. Anyway, but let's get on to our guests. Uh, uh, more guests. We also have Mr. Yoad Nevo, who's there in Nevo Sound. Yoad, of course, uh, mix engineer, producer, uh, software developer for Waves, product. I mean, a man of many talents. How are you, Yoad? Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm very well. Uh, busy as Excellent. usual, but. Um, can't complain. I mean, I can, but I won't. No, well, you're the man who's got the air conditioning, so it would, you know, that you can remain cool, uh, whereas the rest of us melt in our sort of uh, garrets. I, I can see at least two uh, roof spaces. I'm not. I'm, I'm actually okay, but it's a lot cooler here than it was at the office. Uh, anyway, lovely to see you, Yoed. So uh, hopefully we'll hear a lot more from you in a little bit. Uh, and we also have Mr. Gaz Williams, who's there in Bristol. Gaz, uh, well, you are in the roof, and I imagine you are quite, <laughs> yeah. quite hot. Yes. So I will I will apologize for any any parping that's going on from the nearby road. I've got all my windows open. Uh so um <clears throat> so apologies in advance for anything like that. But uh yes, uh, yeah, really hot. <laughs> uh glad to be here. Um great to see Paulie on the show last week. Wow, cool. 
Um, had been having a mad old time. Loads of different things going on in my world right now, which is fun. Uh, but just off to go and do a load of stuff with the, the Charlotte Church Late Night Pop Dungeon. Um, and I'm really excited about that because, well, we got a new set and I think it's going to be amazing. So we got a bunch of festivals. Uh, in fact, next Saturday, it's exciting. We're playing Kaleidoscope Festival in London. And then we got asked if we could headline Sunrise Stage at Latitude. Problem is, it's the same day. So we got a barrel off stage oh, wow. in London. And it's about two and, a half, <laughs> two and a half hour helicopter. drive. <laughs> yeah, helicopter. So, yeah. Go on. But that's going to be really exciting. Uh, and we're going to be doing this brand new set as well. So and we're going to be learning that set next week. And the cameras are going to be rolling because they're filming, you know. So, yeah, it's going to be stuff happening, wow. uh, which is fun. So and I got a new base for it as well. So that's uh, that makes mm. it all the more exciting. Go anyway, on, I shall what, is your, what is your new base? What is what my is new base? What is your new base? It's a Fodera monarch, so that's what it is. I've never heard of that. Yes. Uh, anyway, oh, that's a separate story. Honestly, oh, I could talk so, forever on that one. Somebody's just, <laughs> somebody's just, somebody's just rebooted. Uh, hold on, are we, are we still there? Yeah, no, we got smart. I don't know, something rebooted, yeah. but we're all okay. <laughs> Whenever yeah, you hear sorry. that sound, you think, uh, something's wrong, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. well, um, um, great to have you all. Actually, I was going to start with you guys because you've uh, you would you did a gig last week, didn't you, with uh, Steve Davis? Which is it, it, it's this. It's, I always find this kind of a you know. It, it, those of you who just don't know the name Steve Davis uh, in musical context, it's quite quite a random. You know, Steve Davis is kind of multiple years uh, snooker champion, basically. That's Steve Davis. Yes, that's six Steve times Davis. Six-time world champion. And it's six what? times really? world champion. Yeah. yeah. And you did a modular music. You did a modular gig. Let me play a little bit of it. I, I'm, I hope oh, you yeah. don't get busted. So this was last. This was last, <laughs> last weekend. This one takes a little while. This is part two. Takes a little while to evolve, but uh, it gets to. I, I, I won't play it all. But I, I, this is where it starts. And it gets to here. That looks like a whole lot of fun and really interesting. Yeah. I mean, because those two get. I mean, I'm sorry to spring this topic on everybody, but uh, I, I did. I did see this. And I thought, oh, this would be fun to talk about. That um, there's quite a lot of uh, electronic beats going on there. It was just such a weird um, for me to see you in that world, which is not your native, you know, not your native environment. I would say. How was it? Oh, it's brilliant. But I mean, the days, the two days before that, Monday and Tuesday, me and Steve just had this wild musical adventure over two nights. It was amazing. Like, it was amazing. So I, for me, the whole thing I'm doing with Steve is like a voyage. I started a modular journey uh, at the beginning of lockdown. I was really refusing to go down that way. Um, but like so I, I made that sort of stream about that show and Steve was a, he would watch it regularly and he would sort of feed back to me I've known Steve for you know, a number of years but uh, he'd feed back to me about stuff and crucially he talked me out of using a keyboard so you've got to get away from you know musical notes you've got to kind of embrace 
the the kind of um, you know that new world getting away from what you know and your muscle memory and riffs and whatever else it is and embrace uh, so that had a profound effect on me and so then there was a natural thing where we just started sort of jamming together at, at, at each other's homes and then we thought yeah you know a gig came along i think and and there's a whole bunch more going to happen now so that's really exciting but for me it's been brilliant because i've been on this little journey i've been sort of you know documenting it to a certain degree and it feels like as a journey it's kind of going places so i'm really thankful for all the support i've had you know and certainly from steve who's been in many ways like a kind of you know a mentor and we've you know it's just a it's a really enjoyable he's quite new to it as well and he's so mm. kind of open and lovely uh to to sort of talk about you know really ah, brilliant what a top chap uh so yeah i mean when we played the gig on wednesday you know we uh, there were certain things we didn't get that we had got in the previous two days so it's kind of that's really curious it's like oh how to get to those good bits i think when you're doing it at the comfort of your own home you can kind of afford to be a lot more messy and take a while to get to where you want to get to and you know whether there's kind of faster ways in i'm sure that will come with experience but thank you very much though for asking and for showing that i really appreciate it yeah, well, no, that, that, that's the beginning of the venture. It'd be jolly good fun mm. and uh, well worth, well worth following that. So, I mean, uh, hopefully, we'll 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 get some more information. That, on it. that looks so cool. That that gig looks so cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. And uh, I'm a huge fa uh, fan of of Steve. He's he's a genius. And actually, maybe there's some similarity between snooker and modular you know you plan <laughs> you know you plan your shot you kind of look all in all directions and 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 all the colors and you know which is a bit like knobs and you know i'm sure he's really good at it i bet he is interesting i, I can't see that <laughs> I, I'm completely dyspraxic the likelihood of me even getting a snooker ball to go anywhere near a hole is zero but when well, it comes maybe to modular, I could get I could get really into like putting the cables in and all that sort of stuff. I, hey, so I, I, tell I don't you, see the correlation, but can I tell you a little story though? This is so, I played a little trick on Steve on that gig. I didn't tell him about it. I prepared it in advance, but I went and, and found on YouTube his one four seven break. The it was the first ever televised one four seven break that in snooker. If you don't know snooker, that's getting you know that's the maximum thing you can do. That's very, all very the difficult. balls, yeah, all the balls, yeah, every pot, black, red, black, black. You know, as many. So, um, so I. Uh, I've got a, a sample module called the Rample. It's got four tracks on there. So what I did was I grouped it into four. I sort of had Q, Q shots. So I sampled all of the things up from that one from, from Steve's from Steve's one four seven. So I got like Q, and then I got balls hitting, and then I got balls going into the pocket. And then on the fourth one, I had like the big cheer and the one four seven break, you know, on the fourth one. And then, so I think on the video, on my first YouTube, on my channel, there's one, there's a part one and a part two. It's at the end of part one. And what I do is I swap the drums out that I've been using for all the snooker samples to see if you'd notice. Oh, and guess what? He didn't notice. <laughs> that, oh, really? I know that, yeah, what I mean? I, I, yeah, you but know. maybe he's... Maybe he's zoned that sound out because he's got so used to hearing it. 
<laughs> but I mean, it is, you know, I don't know how obvious, I don't know how obvious it actually is out of context, but you can check that out on YouTube. Hey, that's a good little plug for my video, wasn't it? And that wasn't what I was planning there. Um, but yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm going to have to go oh, watch well, it. Uh, it sounds fascinating. Yeah, no, it's good. Okay, well, um, we've got a bunch of things to get through. I mean, you know, it, it's been, it's been a... This, this time of year, summer, you know, we often have like absolutely nothing to talk about because everybody takes time off. Quite rightly, why wouldn't you? I mean, I had a holiday, and people do. People don't do kind of stuff. But there was there was a couple of things. Uh, one news item that came up that I really enjoyed was um, was basically uh, this from uh, um, uh, Chris Midiere put it up. And but first, this, a look this, at some uh, of the latest hardware and software for musical micros. <laughs> This is a professional music synthesizer which can create up to eight different instrument sounds simultaneously, eight different so-called voices. Now, of course, a human being can't play all eight sounds at once. Not so, uh, yeah, I'll probably get busted for this because it's part of the BBC archive thing. This is Fred, uh, Fred Harris and Tony Hastings from Steinberg. They were showing uh, Steinberg's, I think it must have been Pro 24, uh, obviously, in this kind of this new concept of MIDI, and you know, it's very a a apt at the moment because obviously we we recently lost Dave Smith, and he was so instrumental in it. I thought, but but boy, was this a throwback! I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I I'm kind of loath to be too, uh, you know, this is how it used to be in the old days. But looking at that audio and the interface for Steinberg Pro 24 actually made me anxious because I was looking at it and I was thinking, I remember when I got yeah. that, and I had. It was so, so hard to use uh, as a beginner. And uh, I ended up doing sessions where it was really stressful because I really didn't know what I was doing. I don't know, we, we probably all remember that to a degree, but that was the, they were showing that. That was an Atari, I think it was an Atari 1040ST, Steinberg Pro 24, and uh, an Ensonic, what was that EP? You would probably know that, Mark, because yeah, it was Ensonic something or other, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't paying get attention to that, that what, to that, didn't see that's that. That's fair enough. Yeah, I remember the, the the Pro Twenty Four. It was great, but I remember the the incarnation, the pre the previous incarnation, which was I don't want, remember what is what it was called, but it was like on an Atari with four function keys on the side, and it didn't have a graphic uh, interface. It just had um, sort of a green bank screen, and and the, the activity meter when you played notes it shows you like dollars stars sign that was the kind of the the media activity and it had um, on an atari on, on an atari, atari was it? it was uh, i don't remember what it was called it had like four kind of metallic looking uh, function keys on the side um no graphic interface it was just text uh, it had eight tracks um and then the the pro 24 came out which was amazing with i know i know what you mean about it being kind of hard to work with it had segments and then it had patterns um, yeah. and then it had the arrangements and all those things but it yeah. was great it was amazing it looked to me it looked like a game of patience because <laughs> you had all those sort of diamonds it looked like because you couldn't see very clearly it looked like there were different sort of uh, cards uh, car, um, uh, suits of cards i mark you you like me started out in that kind of world didn't you i mean did, did i started did, on do you think well i started doing i started doing something on a spectrum 
ZX or something, 48K thing, and then I, re I started reading Sound on Sound or Music Technology Magazine and read a whole article about somebody who was making music for uh, film or television, and they were talking about uh, Amigas and Atari STs, and I had no interest in playing games, so I bought the Atari 520 ST. But, oh no, but before that, I was working in a studio with this guy called Daryl, who I did the Garden of Eden with, and he had a, a Commodore 64 with Pro 16 on it, so it was all pattern-based. And I still write music in pattern-based now, so I still prefer using Ableton to Logic, even though I kind of had to use Logic a lot for work. But I still think of everything in blocks in those kind of pattern-based mm. things. So the, I think Pro 16, you had to build all your patterns and then you'd chain them together at the end. But I wonder if that, it's like, that it's was like what you tracker, were talking about, Yod, because they, yeah, they might have done Pro 16 on the Atari as well as on the Commodore 64. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, it, was, it was the same because the video you sent, the link you sent, it looks exactly like that, but running on an Amiga. Um, and also oh, the oh, Amiga okay. had keys so uh, I think it would it must have been ported to both uh, platform be platforms because it looks looked very similar yeah it was a tracker basically yeah mm. very similar. I mean it was I guess, it kind so of worked were, like a Roland MC 500 didn't it? it if you could use a Roland MC 500 you could progress into that world quite well sorry I talked over yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's probably very true. Gaz, did you were you uh, Atari Steinberg or did you go no, I mean, a slightly different uh, route? That video that you that you uh, that you shared there, um, the the latter half of it concerns the BBC platform with uh, the hybrid um, or the music initially music five hundred and then music five thousand, which uh, it was an eight voice um, FM. Uh, synthesizer but also a sequencer and I had one and I think I've talked on earlier podcasts about it but it was my starting point in music technology so you know I, I and I think I got it when I was about 14 years old so it was a really uh, opened up a um, like a like a really exciting new world for me, which was sequencing. And I started with Music 500, which was um, using this programming language called Ample. And it's pretty much like basic. Uh, and a lot of the words, I was learning basic at the time as well. And, you know, you could... Oh, wow. use, You could sort of, you know, if you, if you could sort of write in basic you could then use this sample and because it was all part of the whole kind of bbc which obviously in the uk the bbc micro was uh, uh was a um a program uh or what even schools, wasn't it uh, for well, yes, and in yeah, uh, yeah. so every school had a BBC Micro or many, or initially just one. Um, that computer was really important in my life. My mother was, uh, my mum came up with a piece of software for helping teachers uh, that ran on the BBC um, in the mid 80s. Uh, so I got a big. I was really close to the BBC, so that sequencer then was uh, was uh, was a really you know it was already on the computer that I knew really well. Uh, so I was writing music initially in these um, you know strings you know like basic really, and if uh, uh, you know so you'd use and I think this video shows it as well. If you wanted to put a note, you'd 
type the note, if you wanted uh, to put an A, say you played a C and then you wanted to play an A, well, if you wanted the A to be um, above the C, you did it capital. If you did it, if you wanted it to be below the C, you do it lowercase. And just uh, things like that. So it's a kind of curious way of composing music. But having never seen a GUI before, you just kind of get on with it. That's but then when Music, is, Five, yeah. Music 5000 came out, that had a GUI then. That was, that, it was an enormous shift. And I mean, I loved it. Everybody, I think, who was on that platform loved it as well. And really, that really was more like a tracker. You were sort of dealing more with cells. But the thing is, it was kind of cool is that that eight voice FM, you know, it was a full FM synth. So you had access to quite a lot of its kind of synthesis. Uh, so it's a lot more sophisticated, I think, than perhaps a lot of other things at the time it sounded good but i mean the box was the most was that, boring was that like the yamaha thing yeah a little the bit but i mean the yeah. box but this box had nothing on it at all except um a serial cable like ribbon cable to the computer and a din plug for the output not midi um but you could get a midi you could get a, a midi expander for it. i never got that i didn't ever have i didn't have any midi instruments back then anyway but uh but that gave me my start so seeing this super nostalgic for me absolutely love it yeah and it no, was a brilliant that. scene as well it was a brilliant scene around that back in the day as well yeah, that, um, the, lots of people in the chat room saying we should have had a special mention of Leslie Judd in the green spangly cat suit. Um, just, which she was the poster <laughs> frame. I obviously didn't watch. I must have missed that a little bit because they obviously uh, used that as the poster frame. Leslie uh, Judd Fred was, Harris. Uh, was a, Fred, Fred Harris. Fred Harris. Yeah, I think they, wonderful, they must have been guy. something to do with Blue Peter at some point. Those people, they just yeah, everybody was loving Blue Peter. But. <laughs> a play school, yeah. all of those things. This is very UK centric. You'll have to check the BBC yeah. archives out. I think you can get see them on YouTube, yeah. and they're, they're all, all all very available. Um, okay, I'm going to just drop quickly in with a message from our friends over at uh, uh, Baby Audio because I know that we're going to end up otherwise uh, backloading everything. So let me just get my uh, my everything up and ready to go. So here we go. some audio would be good but anyway we haven't got any audio never mind <laughs> don't know what that is so uh, yes baby audio uh makes creative effects plugins designed to add color and depth to your mixes they won't come in the year future music computer music magazine nominated for sos awards two years in a row worth checking out crystalline it's an algorithmic reverb plugin which uh, seems to be a big favorite amongst a lot of us uh, inspired by 20th century classic studio reverbs but offering higher fidelity thanks to 21st century computing power reverb plugin with a variety of creative features such as the ability to temporarily pre-delay and reverb decay times if you want to get 15 percent off Go to babyaudio.com and check out with the code ST15, and that will give you 15% off any purchase. But use that code ST15, they'll know where you came from. And in the meantime, I'll try and figure out why there wasn't any noise there. <laughs> but never mind. Uh, maybe we should get on to uh, another topic. Uh, let's see what we're going to go to now. Oh, my. What's going on, Jeff? What happened then? Mark, what's happened? I'll turn that down. That sounded like something's got a, a, mal a malfunction. Um, yes, let me see where I go. Well, actually, what I might go for is uh, the ID drum machine. Uh, yeah, this is this. This is. A, a, I thought this was a great one. Uh, so we'll we'll just run this. This is part of the uh, Telecom Beats, which I'm guessing is uh, sponsored by uh, the Deutsche Telekom. Uh, German company, and uh, we've got Matthew Johnson, Lauren Flack, Frank Wyburn, Jessica Jamaica, so, uh, 
kink and uh, a couple others, and this is just basically... Guess the drum machine. And these are all producers, and they quite often... ...do stuff where they're just recognising their DJs and they listen to It's not a core DDD-1. Recognize the drum Special, the, um, the timbale is a bit special. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop there, because what I was trying to explain is basically this um, th this series, what they often do is just have DJs and they play really obscure 12-inch records and they have to guess who it is. And this is a sort of uh, an extension of that. It's a really good series, actually, and, and some really good, uh, interesting insights. But this was 10 drum machines, and I must admit, I didn't do as well as I thought I would, because a lot of them were uh, were pretty right in my pocket. I got a few of them, but one thing that I noticed, and I don't know if anybody else found the same thing, but just that just that process of going ding, 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 because you, you're used to either that from the drum machine or basically just playing all the notes on a sampled ESX24 or so, you, you immediately think you know it because that sequence of sounds is so familiar. It's really curious. I don't know, Yoad, did you get any of those? Or did, I'm not uh, sure I you didn't, got a good I didn't watch the, the whole thing. Um, I thought that this one you just played is, was a 505, wasn't it? Um, no. A Roland 505. No, it wasn't. No. No. Okay, so... So yeah. maybe I shouldn't watch the whole video then. Um, <laughs> I I have to say that I used to. I thought I used to be good at that, um, but uh, but you know, after so many years of going through so many samples and so many sort of processed versions of and distorted and and going through tape and this of all these drum machines, it, it's kind of it's kind of a big blur a little bit. Um, I recognize a, a link drum and a DMX and, um, and, and drum tracks and obviously RX-11 uh, and, you know, 808, CR-78. I have the, the sound 606, obviously. I have the sounds, you know, Alessis HR-16, Kawaii K100 or K50, I, oh, R50, sorry. I, um, I know those really well, obviously 909, but, um, but the other ones, if they're more obscure than I never had them or never, you know, and just know them from samples, then, then like a 505 I never had, but I know it was like, it came out after the 606 and it's all sample based and uh, kind of had that sort of more modern, modern uh, Roland sound. Um, yeah. But it could be it's a Yamaha or something. I just, I, one thing I want to do is big shout out from uh, Bill Youngman. His programming was amazing because <laughs> a lot of it was just like, I, I don't think they, I didn't think those drum machines could do some of the things that he made them do. And that was really, really good. Um, Gaz, did you, I, I bet you were, you, you wanted the six, uh, was it the 606 was your favorite? Was that the 606? I, I, Nick, I confess I haven't watched this yet. I'm so sorry. So I, 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 I'm not right. going to pretend, I'm not going to pretend anything, but it, 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 it sounds really cool. Um, Mind you, my interest generally with drum machines has been ones that you can create your own sounds on. Like I got the Vimona DRM one here, and that's my interest, really. Always has been, really. It's not about. I, I've never really liked. There were, there were a few people said, "Was that the Vimona?" A couple of those, couple of shout outs were, yeah, were interesting. On, you know, was oh, that that's cool. was that the Vimona? Yeah. yeah. So there's definitely, you know, it was, it was, it, yeah. was a, it got a shout out for sure. 
Is it like a quiz then? Is it? Is it sort of a quick like a? Well, no, you, they you just play to... it. They play it, and yeah. then while it's playing, they have comments from them. You know, saying, "Oh, wait, hold on, I, I don't know what there's." Oh, wait, okay. that first one, incidentally, was an H Alesis HR sixteen. I'll give you that for nothing. Oh but, yeah, uh, I didn't get that at all until I think mm -hmm. right towards the end, that that had a very specific pitched up snare sound, which was very like a piccolo snare which was very popular at the time and i think i might I think like there but uh like well like yoad says you really need to be really intimate with the the, the actual devices because you know working with the samples invariably they are you know messed yeah. around with or whatever but cool oh yeah i would definitely watch it sorry didn't do my homework though that's all right <laughs> uh, second one was an er a, a korg electride er1 i know mark i mean you know you like me probably had a bunch of drum machines i mean some of the drum machines in that i had were definitely not there like the uh, korg ddm 110 uh, the ddm uh, D yeah i had I that i don't know what it was it that was terrible yeah <laughs> and, the, and the 220 was the latin percussion thing that's yeah but right. when that drum machine came out because i bought a 909 from soho soundhouse on offer for 169 pounds and then i remember insuring it for a thousand pounds because the recommended retail price on it was 9.99 and soho soundhouse had them stacked up in boxes like loads and loads of them and i felt all pleased with myself about that drum machine plugged it in when i got home and i thought these don't sound like drums the tom toms don't sound like tom toms at all so when that ddm 110 thing came out i was like oh, i've got to get one of them so for me the that digital drum sound surpassed the sound of the TR-909 at the time. Telling me and you I, and sold, it sounded, did you sell the TRA, did you sell the 909 to buy the DDM-110? Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. 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 I mean, I think a, I I think I subsequently bought other 909s as life went on because by the end of the 80s they started using them in house music, and then I sold my 909 to my brother Adam for I don't know uh, probably about 150 quid. I expect something like that. And then he went on well, top of the pops with the number he? plate with the Adamski thing, and everyone went, oh, that's the drum sound everyone's using. <laughs> so, I mean, he kind of helped to popularise it. But I also sold my 303 for 50 quid. So, you know, I got mm. bored of it, yeah, and I was just like, yeah, I'm bored of this. But I can buy well, a Behringer one it. now for about 100 quid off um, off Amazon, can't I? Yeah. So. And then the last drum machine I bought was a TR-606 clone, the Behringer one. And I had it here for about five minutes and got bored of it and took it to the shop and sold it. So um, I, I think drum machines are brilliant, but I just get bored with the format of it. And it's much easier when you see that kind of like maths kind of paper grid on the screen and you know that those 16 squares going that way you can just click in things and put beats in them it's much more visual to do it on a computer and then if i'm using something like ableton and i can put the drum sounds in the in the drum rack i i can put mixtures of drum machines in so i don't have to stick mm. to having yeah. the 909 kick with the 909 snare etc etc but what i what I really got from this, watching this clip, is that, like, the human brain is so fascinating in that we can hear a 909 snare, right? Uh, maybe I heard that the first time in, like, 1982 or 1983 or whenever I bought that first one. 
and I can identify a 909 snare and things, I've somehow got this memory for that sound, but it's it gets really precise. Like I can hear the difference between an Oberheim DMX and a Lindrum, but they're so similar, or a Drumulator, they're so similar, but then they're different by this tiny amount, and our it's brains really, are able no, to that, zoom but, in on that and just get that kind of sonic fingerprint. I mean, how do we do that? Yeah, no, humans are really good at recognizing sonic patterns where all the, 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 the science and the physics of audio recognition. And we're generally very, yeah. very, and that's why I was surprised I did so badly. I mean, maybe I wasn't familiar with some of those drum machines, but I do remember the Kawai K50, uh, K, or R50 and R100. I used the R50 all over the first Golf Rap album. It was just, there was something about those sounds. When you crunched them up a bit, they just sounded bloody great, especially, you know, really kind of sitting in, um, know, sitting in with real drums. There was something about them. Uh, and I'm surprised I didn't I say get more, but yeah, it's true. We are, we are able to recognize sound. I mean, it's true, isn't it, Yoad? I mean, I think it's more than smell, isn't it? It's the, the, the single most sort of recognition, recognizable attribute we can we can get yeah uh, yeah like mark said the the 909 is very you know you can hear it the the hi-hat the open head the 909 open head you can hear it after it's been yeah. dropped or whatever phased or in whatever you know you can hear it on a techno track on a house track on an edm track sometimes you know but very very processed and it's still and the crash the symbol is so recognizable as well uh, it's just that kind of um well it's the way it ends isn't it yeah no it's a fascinating video well worth, um, i mean it's well worth a watch well worth a watch. Can I just say one other thing yeah. about drum machines, which I don't get sure. at all, and that is um, I was on Facebook Marketplace scrolling through, and I saw a Lesis, I think it was SR16, and it was like 300 quid or something like that, and I was thinking, what the hell? Like, why is that so expensive? And then it said, uh, there was another link to it, and it said, buy one new here. And I didn't realise that they still make the, the not the HR16, the grey one, but the one that came out after that, they still make that and they're still selling it. Okay. People are buying them. Like, really? it's like why, why would anyone use that? So it's like, I don't get it. I'd, but young people must have uh, some oh, kind God, of affinity right. towards making music with them. Yeah. They make it. They, they oh, re, I think, they're, they I think they're, they're a classic, though, I reckon. Because it was sort of a do it all. Why? <laughs> but why can't I just put the samples in my computer and just go like, actually, I like the kick, I like no, that snare. No, I don't. I'm not so keen on that bit, and then I just use the bits that will give me that classic sound no. without having to buy that drum machine. Machines I mean, is there anything special about the the timing of it or the interface? Or it's not. It's got. Yeah. It's like. It's not even like it's got like loads of knobs all over it. I can grab and do things with it. It's one of those program the thing through a ridiculously small letterbox LCD. It had, good, uh, <laughs> it had good pressure on it, didn't it? Though from when the drum machines came out, it, 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 you could sort of play with kind of pressure things on it. I think couldn't you do rolls on it? It was one of the first. Yeah, ones this is. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a drummer. So. Good. Sorry. The Alice like had the velocity sensitive uh, pads but the the curve on them was horrible it was like really really quiet and then you hit it hard and it exploded it was like really <laughs> bad 
it was the first one that was 16 bit and it was kind of you know the symbols the hi-hats the ride and everything it was really clear and and even the bass drum had the, like a, a kind of because it had more headroom i loved like nick said i loved the r50 it was great but it, it had like a kind of curtain you know between you and the sound it wasn't really yeah. out but when you processed it in in the studio it, it was great i love that snare crunch. snare number had a, two had a crunch to it yeah 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 okay um right well i'm sorry i was just wrestling with uh, some technical issues there but uh, i can't really do much about it I was, I was trying to throw some web pages up but that apparently isn't working at the moment That's no. another thing to fix for next week too, um anyway wh while hot. i maybe tinker with that we'll we'll have a little bit of a, a a word from our other sponsors who of course are isotope as we know isotope producers club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. Okay, and we want to say also thanks to them for their support uh, because you can save 10% off any Isotope plugin uh, by using the code S. Oh, if I can read it, sorry. I'm, I, the screen's so much smaller now on this mute screen. Let me just get that. Save 10% by using the code SONIC10 off any purchase of Isotope plugin. And you can use this landing page, which is. Uh, isotope.com forward slash sonic talk uh, and it'll give you all the information on how to do that and once again we thank them for their support of the show okay um it was amazon prime day yesterday which seems to be a kind of big deal when it comes to sales uh, quite often it sort of coincides with me needing some piece of technology it wasn't quite so much last i, I think i bought a uh, a new uh, battery charger so uh this is a 2800 so i've got one of those i've got some I lost, I lost my uh, my show sort of bum bag. I bought a new one of those. I didn't, get, but nothing really kind of really moved me that this time. I don't know if anybody had any Amazon Prime moments and picked up a load of stuff. Gaz, you sounded like you bought a base. Did you buy any kind of accessories or cases or straps? Did you have any no. Amazon Prime action? Yeah, I had some no. things I wanted to look for, but they weren't in the, they weren't in the sales. So yeah, been a disappointing one for me. I didn't really see much. Uh, I didn't. See, yeah. No, sorry. If you want to buy a telly, it's probably if you want to buy a yeah. telly or that what all that is. Well, I saw actually there was a sixteen terabyte drive for two hundred and twenty quid, and I thought, okay, I oh, know eighteen terabytes, eighteen terabytes, two hundred and twenty quid. Wow, yeah, eighteen terabytes. So I thought, oh yeah, good time to buy storage. Nice. Yeah, yes, yeah. Well, of course, uh, is yeah, that what's going on on Amazon? All that. All that blue kind of thing that it keeps flashing up at me. What's it, I've missed yeah. out on all of this then. 
Yeah, that was yesterday, I mate. Bought they some might extend it a bit. Still today, still today, they doing it. They oh, extended it? it. I bought yeah. some. I bought some I like it. little letter things to put on my Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to let me show you though, is it? Look. I'm not going to let them show you. Oh, I see. No, that's quite nice. Yes, you could write rude words on your feet. That's no, I'm going to write concept. rude words on my feet, yeah. Yoad, <laughs> yeah. you usually get the uh, the doorbell. If, if it's Prime Day yesterday, they would be arriving today, I'm imagining, right? You know what? I, I wasn't even aware that it was. Um, and But uh, I did order the Hydrosynth Explorer uh, last Ooh. night. Wait. I couldn't I couldn't resist it anymore. Uh, it's, you know, it just had to be done. It's no, um, I don't know where to put it uh, because it has to, one of, one of the reasons is that it has um, a, a poly aftertouch keyboard, all, albeit, you know, small keys, mini keys, but uh, still, uh, I'm fine with that. Actually, I have them on the yeah on the mini log, and it's fine. The thing is, it's I may have to put it here. It has to be next to me. Um, the thing that really sealed the deal is I wasn't aware of it, but there's an editing software for it. So for me, that's uh, you know because the Explorer is a little bit more fiddly because you have to turn the to flip between the pages of the macros and the the mutations. You don't you have oh you only have four knobs. But um, being able to play, um, what's the one, pigments and, and stuff like that as a controller, but the sounds, uh, it's just, uh, and I have to say, there's, uh, there's uh, some guys who make uh, libraries for it. I don't remember, something like Ultra or Ultimate or something like that, um, which are amazing. It's just, just that is worth buying the synth for just those those presets they're so good um, it's interesting it, the thing about the the thing about the hydrosynth generally as well i mean i, I think the sweet you know i like the, i like the deluxe i've reviewed all three actually and i really and you get you basically get a hydrosynth explorer in a, in a small case but the mpe keyboard on a small thing is worth but it, when you're when you're programming a hydrosynth it's so enjoyable make sounds on it's actually quite it's quite unusual for a synth to kind of make you want it really does encourage you to do that and because you so often you're looking at it and you're just going i wonder if i can do this and you go oh yeah i've still got another envelope or i've still got another lfo or i've still got another oscillator or i've still got another mutator whatever it is there's just so much stuff there and it, it, it i think it's going to be a bit of a classic that one i mean some people say that they don't get on with the sound of it but i i, I mean i don't find that myself i just i i do think it's a pretty impressive synthesizer uh, for sure. Um, yeah. You haven't got any. Got have best. you got any ASM in your life? Have you got the desktop? I want to. I want to. I, I, I want to. I think I want the Explorer. It's battery powered as well. See, you can. What is it? Eight, mm. eight, eight double A's. You know, with a all that synth power and an after poly aftertouch. Yeah, fantastic. And it's cheap as well, isn't it? Really? What is it? It's yeah. I don't know. It's not. Four seven two. Yeah. Not expensive. Okay, interesting. And if you take out the VAT, which I get back, it's it's a. I just couldn't not buy it. Um, okay. As, you know, as, as a synth yeah, head, four, four, it's too it's too important to uh, synth to skip. You know, I think. Right. 
Okay, interesting. Well, I, like I say, I didn't, I didn't buy any musical stuff. I mean, I, I was just trying to think. what well, it's the sort of time where you buy kind of power banks, power supplies, hard drives, things that are combustible. You know, that you tend to get. Yeah. It's a good, it's a, it's a good time to do that because then you can, you pick them up. I mean, SSDs. What I've been doing is I've been buying these little um, NVMe cases, which you can get from Ugreen. They're little tiny things. They're about you know, twenty quid, and then you can get an NVMe drive. Like a fit, oh. like maybe a, a 500 mega, 500 megabytes, a gigabyte drive, which I've got attached to the Pi, and that's only about twenty. So you can get a five hundred gigabyte NVMe USB C drive for about fifty quid. I mean, it's you know, they're pretty. That's, that's a pretty good way of doing things as well. Uh, and they're I'm tiny right. and they don't get hot. So when, for instance, when we're in the studio, if we because when we take our our pies to the show, sometimes we have to leave them overnight when we've got a network. And before I had this, we had this really, you know, the, one of those expensive SanDisk kind of SSDs that's like four times the value of the Raspberry Pi. So I sort of felt less comfortable leaving that. But these these things, they're, you know, they're still not, you know, free, obviously, but they're much cheaper. So, yeah, well worth looking at. NVMEs in custom enclosures because they're just like little, they look like memory sticks and you just uh, like uh, old, old school memory chips and you stick them in put them on and they just they, they fly absolutely you should get you know a couple of hundred megabytes a second possibly more depending on the uh, on the model that you buy uh okay right what's what's next um we've probably got some other topics haven't we what's what should we look at let's see uh, oh I, this looked kind of interesting um let's see what this one's like mm. Interesting transient processor, sound generation aspects. Has uh, an oscillator and a noise generator. So you can add this additional sort of bursts on top of the sound. It just, I just thought it's kind of a cool looking thing. $23.99, they call it a transient fertilizer, which I thought was. <laughs> I like, I, I like that, I like that style. Transient fertilizer. Yeah. I can see that raised a chuck. Let me hit, not you. I, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know you've been doing. Uh, you've you've explored the world of transients and whatnot with waves. It's very, it's a really interesting kind of area of of sound sculpting, isn't it? Yeah, I I have to say that I really really like the the GUI. I really like the interface. Um, it it looks modern and slick, and uh, kind of you know minimalistic uh, but you have uh, representation of the waveform and what and all the amplitude kind of uh, um, but yeah I really I, you know it's kind of it it, it it speaks the kind of Ableton language of, of GUI design but it has those um, 3d knobs uh, which are not you know, which are a little bit more native instruments. Uh, I really like it, and I think it's cool the way you can, um, you know, you can add noise to stuff, which is always nice. Noise is uh, is great. Is is our friend. Yeah. You know, right. when, uh, when yeah. it's not constant and you try to get rid of it, if you if you tame the power of noise, then it, it, it's amazing. And um, and transient detection is is it it's usually a lot more efficient than uh, broadband um, energy detection because um, because it doesn't 
have to follow the necessarily the, the level, but just the shape of the of, of the transient. Um, yeah, really like yeah, this that, one. I, I suppose if you're putting noise in and you've got a transient shape, which will involve some sort of amplitude and filtering as well, you get a really interesting kind of spectral change. Mark, mm. I, I heard you were quite excited by this one. Transient processors. I, I mean, it used, they used to be terrible, I mean, didn't I, they, transient processors? <laughs> but now they're really good. Though, well, the isotope ones are amazing. I, I've, I mean, I know I've slightly gone off topic there, but I've put the, um, what's that neutron thing? Is it called neutron or nectar? I can't remember what it's called. Putting that on guitars and stuff. I mean, it just brings things to life. Um, this, I watched the video and I was looking at it and I was thinking, well, what it seems to be doing is just adding a bit of white noise to drum sound. So I wasn't overly impressed with it until I listened to their SoundCloud clips. And there's drum, this, uh, looking at their webpage, it looks like the people that are programming this stuff have an affinity towards drums. And if you listen to the SoundCloud clip, not, yeah, SoundCloud clips of their stuff, so the demo clips, if you listen to the stuff that doesn't have that on it and then the stuff that does have that on it, it's do I nearly bought it actually, and I probably will buy it later. But it's doing to drums what I've been trying to do to drums for bloody ages. So it's like it's it's uh, adding like white noise, but in a way that it almost sounds like turning the snare on and off some of the drum things. So it really does make a massive difference. Yeah, and then go check the one with or without, whichever way around you've done it. Can't read it, it's too small. <laughs> I've got the same problem as everybody else. It's like because I'm on this tiny screen, what does it say? Uh, oh, I'm not seeing that. New track. Yeah. I think maybe. Oh, I need to stop that. How do I do that? That's an interesting challenge, right? What it says next to is all of the clips is hit spacebar. No, I can't because it's not it's not in a browser. It's really complicated. I'll do this. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. make it go away. Um, so that what I go away? But sorry what about that? I've forgotten what I was going to say now. Fuck. Oh, sorry. Oh God, no! Like you're going to have to bleep me now. So, anyway, so sorry. There's no. We're all live uh, here. Anyway, this looks good. Um, it's available for twenty three ninety nine, which seems hmm, like a bargain. I didn't mean to uh, do that. Gaz, sorry. you 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 do mastering stuff. I mean, do you ever have to process transients and things, or do you try and? Because you generally record a lot of the stuff as well. So, I imagine there's a sort of sense of pride to a degree. It's like I don't need no <laughs> transient shaping. I'm going to get it right at source. Oh, I think it's amazing transient shaping. Uh, I remember being sort of shown it a long time ago and become, you know, really into it. And uh, I remember a couple of, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I, I did a show about, I got a drum machine here called uh, Double Trouble by, um, not, uh, sorry, a, a distortion pedal called Double Trouble from SCAT Technologies. And that's a, a distortion, but it's, you can, but with a transient shaper on it as well. It's like, uh, really cool. I, I, I think I put the um, 808 to it, I think. Uh, but anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, this is interesting. It's another interesting plugin from Clevgrand. And I think every, they always bring out unique angles on things. I think they're a very interesting co company. I've really enjoyed many of their plugins. Um, we've covered them over the years on, on the show, haven't we? You know, that like noise reducer was brilliant. Was it Brucey? Um, 
uh, uh, the, 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 the compressor, Covgrand, the sausage compressor. <laughs> uh, such a brilliant compressor. What a great company Clevgrand are. So this looks really interesting. I think it's just got, you know, to my ears, a very modern sound. That sound, I think we're going to probably hear that sound a lot over the next year or so. I think it's going to be... Did, were, I they gonna the one, be were they the ones that we... Did we break their website once before? Was that was it then? <laughs> I can't remember. I think it might be where we where we covered um, it and, the, and then the website went down. So I hope they've... Uh, if it was them, I can't remember now. But, uh, yeah, it might have been them. Um, I, we do have more topics, but I must admit, I'm kind of... Because I've, I've got now to get myself ready to go to Bristol and see... Oh, no, it's actually 10 to. We could do this. Should we have a look at the Daxophone? That, that was actually fairly cool, <laughs> I thought. That, <laughs> let's do that yeah. Let's see if we can do that. <laughs> So this is Daxophone. Uh, it's it's a fascinating thing. Uh, this is a, a great find by CDM Link. Uh, I guess it was um, probably Peter Kern or one of his team. Uh, it's an acoustic instrument which uh, invented was invented in the 80s. Uh, uh, it was uh, by a German typographer called Hans Reichel. Its name is derived from badger, and it sounds like a half-human, uh, half-alien vocal. I'm paraphrasing uh, uh, the, what, what Peter wrote. And, uh, a virtuoso Kazu... Nah, Kazuhisa Uchihashi has been able to coax a whole album from it. And I'll tell you what, if I press... I wonder if I do this, it'll show up, because if I click this, it might actually work. Let's see, did I...? Oh, it's going Let me see if I can find the actual... Um, some of the... Because there's this brilliant... Uh, I think it's down here. Yeah, I think you play some of it. Some of the, feel good on this. It's played with a bow and a sort of mute. And I think it's got different shaped pieces of wood which allow these sort of resonances to come through. And it's really... This is all saxophone. Absolutely amazing. I've done it again. I have to press this to stop it from playing. Um, this was absolutely fascinating. Mark, I, th I thought this would be right up your street. Um, I, I immediately yeah. now want to play one. I think part of the, the reason why it works is because it's, it's this tiny little um, wooden thing with a bow, but I think it's got this sort of tripod, which is very, very solid, so the vibrations are really kind of contained. It'd be like putting a piece of wood in a vice, so you get just the resonances. And look, I, I think I'd, I want one, even though I probably couldn't play it ever, but it just looks fascinating. I bet you could sell no, those. Well, I don't know if you need to be able to play it. I, I mean, I spend my entire life finding noises that I think sound really interesting and when people are like going like in hospitals when people are going oh god the noise of that bloody thing bleeping doesn't that bother you and i'm there with like my phone and koala sampler going like oh, i've just got to get that noise or recording the thing that's pumping the air out the wall or all, any of those sorts of things so and i, I just how it makes noise fascinates me and i don't think i would necessarily learn to play it but i'd probably explore lots of sounds with it and then stick them into a sampler and start making sounds and music with them so, and i really like somebody, what it's done i'm kind of curious to know to do that curious to know how much processing is on some of this but um some of the noises it makes are kind of like it's almost 
I mean, the, the bloke's name was, it sounds like kazoo, doesn't it? But I actually thought it sounded like, a, you know, the kazoos you blow in some of the things and very vocal sounding. And it reminds me of Bobby McFerrin, even though it's not actually a vocal thing. So it's got vocal quality to it. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's absolutely yeah, almost yeah, synthesized, but... Yeah, there were a bunch of other tracks on the album. Um, I'm trying to bring that up. I think I've got it here. Yeah, uh, no, I haven't. So, uh, Gaz, I, I just, I think you need to introduce this into your modular. It looks. I tell you what, it reminds me of. What's the thing with the with all the springs? It's uh, it's the the sound garden. It's like a module. It sounds like something that that company should make. I can't remember mm -hmm. the name of it now. Perhaps the chat room will remember. Um, the thing is that brings it to mind. I mean, because. My other big th new thing in my life is I've bought a Clarivox, a Moog Clarivox, which is something that I've wanted from the moment I first clapped eyes on it. So the the thing I'm thinking here is listening to sort of that vocal, like, you know, the vocalization that he's doing. You know, I'm kind of thinking it's got sort of some um, theremin sort of quality to it as well. Uh, one of the nice things with the Clarivox that I'm trying now is got a filter control on the foot. So you've got you know, pitch, amplitude, and filter, the three, you know, the, the three in control at once. And, uh, yeah, anyway, I digress somewhat. But yeah, I am going to see Carolina Ake. She's, we interviewed um, at Superbooth 2018. She's performing with the BBC Philharmonic Orchestra in the Royal Albert Hall as part of the proms this year. Wow. I'm going to go and see her play theremin with the orchestra Ooh. next yeah, august the 4th i think in uh, royal albert hall so i think that's a hot ticket did She's you got did anyone did it did anyone see that thing where the organist from the royal albert hall ended up playing a show with bonobo have you seen that no 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 so the that. crew i think were in there in the middle of the night and she was practicing on the organ and they basically went up to her and asked her to play a specific piece of music. And then the next thing she knew, she was actually part of their show the following night. So it's okay. on uh, Instagram or Twitter or something. Absolutely effing awesome. I mean, she's uh, a young, very vibrant, very kind of a, uh, uh, what should we say, a flamboyant woman. Not who you would expect to be the organist at the Royal Albert Hall, but um, I thought it was kind of cool. Anna Lapwood, an or at Lapwood, I'm not sure what it was. Uh, Yoad, you, I saw you dash off there. Is that one of your uh, Amazon purchases? Around? Yes, I was looking for it. reminded me I had this um, percussion thing with, um, with... It's like a little cup with um, skin on one side, oh, and then it's, a, it's like there's a... Yeah, but it's broken. I just saw, and and you can quack, you know, you can change the format with your with your palm, and you and it and you and it also sounds a little bit human, kind of more funny and uh, and more un, uh, kind of useless, but uh, for production work. But um, yeah, I mean, it's funny how things sound human. Um, I recorded. Um, I'm working on an, on an expansion for, for Nexus, another one, um, and I recorded a melodica. I bought a, a bass melodica, or an alto, uh, not alto, um, I think it's called bass melodica. It's like a, 
Um, and I, sam I sampled it, and but when you chop the attack, so you don't recognize the the kind of accordiony sort of you know start of the sound. Um, it sounds like a choir, and especially when you, you when you use um, unison and and you know you kind of make it more um detuned and stuff like that it really does sound like a like a like almost like a mellotron type choir and it's funny that that those vibrations because you know the the human voice is very rich in in harmonics human voice and and saxophone i think are the most kind of har har harmonic intense um okay, yeah. instruments um so and it's funny how vibrating things like uh, like reeds or in this case the 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 actual wood vibrations coming from the bow and all that create such rich um harmonious or harmonically rich uh timbres interesting yeah it's it, it's i mean uh, kazu kazu he's uh Uchihashi, uh, Uchi that's it, has been able to cope this whole album out of it. And there's a load of tracks. I mean, that was the sort of more uh, immediate, but there are some beautiful, other really amazing pieces on there. It's well worth looking. You could buy it. I put the link in the uh, in the notes. You could buy it from, uh, um, uh, gosh. Oh, you can buy it on Bandcamp. That's what I'm looking for. Yes, I, I'm trying to. Uh, my my web browser thing isn't working at the moment, so I can't show you the web page. But yeah, if you, if you look for um, uh, singing Daxophone on SoundCloud on Bandcamp, then you should be able to get it there. Anyway, I think now is probably a good time to quit. While I'm here, I'm starting to get very hot in here, and I've got a shower and stuff before we go to uh, to Bristol and uh, jump on a train. So I will. But I want to say thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, oh, Ad, thank you for joining us. It's been great having you on. Uh, I hope you. Well, I know your air conditioning is serving you well because you don't look flustered or flushed or anything. Go for it, so I hope you have. Enjoy a particularly creative and productive and uh, a stress-free rest of your day. Thank you, and I wish the same to you, or rest of <laughs> yes, the week, I hope so. or life, <laughs> rest even. Rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not stop at the day, shall we? Let's just say everything should be great forever. Yeah, that's, that's a good sentiment. Thanks, yeah. uh, Gav Williams, thank you for joining us. Are you doing a show tonight, or are you... Uh, uh, no, not tonight, I'm afraid. Uh, not going to be doing a show for a few weeks, but I've got some good things going to happen, so it is coming back. So thank you for, for people for... Um, sticking with me for things but yeah thanks thanks very much for being on here uh really enjoyed it and thanks for the the um the steve davis thing at the top of the show really appreciated that uh, are you around tomorrow by perchance are you going to come and meet uh rich and the gang for lunch Ooh, i don't want to put yeah. you on the spot but yeah i, I asked you about that I don't, I, I, i'm going to go and try and find a venue tonight and then I might, keep i'm meant to be having a studio it. session tomorrow uh but there's something hasn't come through of as of yet so um okay yeah Cool. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be good. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll get everybody in. Uh, and Mark, thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, I'm glad we got your audio working welcome. finally. I think it was third attempt, but... Uh... I had to go back to the old iMac, not iMac, Mac Mini. I've got two, my studio is now two Mac Minis, the old one, the i7 quad thing and the M1. And I don't know why, the M1 just wouldn't see my audio interface 
in this browser. I mean, obviously it works fine for making music, but... Um, Bizarre. We'll get there. We'll so, get there. I don't know. Yeah, now we're on this little Zoom thing, which I really like. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's okay. really nice to come back, actually, because I've not done this for ages, have I? When was I last on? It must About be. a year ago, wasn't uh, it, or something? So. It must be getting on for a year, I think, something along those lines, yeah. I'm, I've anyway, decided that I'm going to go back to being... Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, carry on. Just carry on. <laughs> Asperger's, it's like, it's like he interrupts everything. Uh, I've decided I'm going to go back to being a musician. That's what I was going to say. So I spend more time writing music and being on the computer doing mixing and all that sort of stuff rather than running a music shop. And I might change what the music shop actually is there for. And I'm having a discussion with somebody this Thursday about uh, how it could become more of a platform uh, for creative people to kind of show up in Glastonbury and do stuff rather than a place that sells things. So, uh, right. I don't know, I might be able to come on a little bit more. You never know. Exciting times. So, okay, yes, well, that's indeed. it for this time. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we will now uh, sail off into the sunset. I'm hoping that this bit works because, uh, frankly, nothing else has been working today. I blame the heat. Anyway, that's uh, Sonic Talk episode uh, 719. Uh, we'll all see you next time. Thanks very much. Bye-bye now.